Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I was thinking in preparation for this message, actually I was thinking about it before then, if truth be told, Vacation Bible School is my unofficial year anniversary of getting to be at Concord. And so I've been reflective of that in 357 days ago, but who's counting? I stepped in this pulpit for the first time and got to preach. And it was my introduction to you and your introduction to me. And I cannot begin to thank you all enough for what you all have given to me and my family over the past 357 days. It has truly been a gift and an honor. Your patience and grace, laughter with me, um, maybe at me, I don't know. Um, We just were incredibly grateful to get to be a part of Concord United Methodist Church Community of Faith. And we look forward to the days and weeks and months and years ahead. And I just want to acknowledge that today. So thank you. We are in the midst of a series about crazy stuff that Jesus said. And I love that that's what we've called it because oftentimes what we do when there are things that Jesus says or that we read in the Bible, we tend to do this maybe going, oh, that was for then. (laughs) That sure doesn't apply to now. They didn't know what we were going to be living for, living in. Or we may go, that's that Old Testament God, right? And thank goodness we believe in the New Testament and we don't have to deal with a punishing God. Though we know it's all connected from Genesis to Revelation. It's all God's story. Yet in this series, we have looked intentionally at those things that we read that we go, I don't know about that. I think I'll skip on to the next section. Or what did he really mean by that? So today we are in Luke. We have studied scriptures in Matthew and Mark, and we are now in Luke. And I'm going to be reading from Luke 12, verses 4 through 7. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your, of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you that it challenges us, that we get to lean in. What does this mean for us today? What did it mean when Jesus spoke the words over 2,000 years ago? And what does it mean for us today? May we have ears to hear, Lord. 
Speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In your holy name, amen. As I was preparing for this message and I was reading in commentaries what this really means, I was reminded of two ladies I was actually introduced to when I was in seminary, Perpetua and Felicity. I don't know if you've ever heard of these ladies, but they were Christians back in the early church in the late 100s, early 200s. Perpetua's mom was a Christian, yet her dad was a pagan. And he pleaded with Perpetua not to be Christian, but she chose time and time again to be Christian. Felicity was actually a slave. And Perpetua and Felicity both ended up in, arrested for being Christian because in Carthage, Carthage at that time, there was this law that said if you were born a Christian, then that was okay. But if you weren't, if you became a Christian after birth, then that was obviously a significant thing to be arrested for and to die for, to be killed for, to be executed for. Perpetua, in a conversation with her dad, as he pleaded with her to not be Christian, she pointed to a water jug and she said, can you call that anything other than what it is? I am a Christian. Perpetua and Felicity would enter an arena and they would be killed. Initially, they would be trampled by a mad cow. Like when I read this stuff, it like, my mind is like blown by the lengths that folks were willing to go to live faithfully. They were initially trampled by a cow and the crowd was like, oh, this is, this is too much. They, they, they went ahead and killed them by sword. We know by tradition that 10 out of the 12 disciples, the folks that Jesus was speaking to in this text, 10 out of 12 were martyred. They died. They died in cruel ways. They were beheaded. They were stoned. They were crucified. You see, being a Christian back then, it was a matter of life and death. And the truth is, I'm not going to say none of us, because you always get in trouble if you, always, if you say never or always. So I'll just say, there is a very slim chance that one of us is going to die because of our faith. Yet, those who Jesus was talking to in this text would die for living faithfully to the end. But yet this text is a whole lot more about living faithfully than about dying. This reading is not about dying, rather about living faithfully. And that is not just for those back then. That is for you and me today, for us to consider how is it that we are living faithfully? There is a word that appears five times in the four verses, or a form of the word, fear or afraid. What are you afraid of? What is your fear? What is it in your daily life right now that you find yourself wondering, what if 
this happens. Or that did happen, and now what? Fear is real. Just as the disciples would have maybe feared for their life, we deal with fear in our lives. Yet fear is the opposite of faith. It does not mean if we have fear, we are good or bad or right or wrong. It's a part of us walking out, living faithfully. One of my favorite descriptions of fear and faith is found in the book titled Alcoholics Anonymous. It is a, the book is also considered the big book. It is the primary source of the 12 steps. It was written in the late 1930s. It is where the 12 steps first appeared. And for those of us who may be thinking, yeah, those things don't apply to me, let me tell you that what the 12 steps are are ancient spiritual practices that are found in Scripture. And in the big book, it says this about fear. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. I'm not crafty. Well, I'm crafty, but not crafty. Um, there are different forms of the word crafty. I will say this. I don't use a thread. Uh, once again, I don't want to say ever, but slim. Um, but yet, when I think about how a thread is woven into a quilt or a blanket or a piece of clothing, how it becomes a part of it. And this quote talks about that, about how fear weaves its way into our lives. It weaves into how we think and how we act. And yet, what fear can be is a symptom of where our dependence lies. In that section of the big book, it goes on to say, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than finite selves. I love that. I'm not mathematical either. I know y'all are wondering, what do I do? I'm not crafty. I don't do math. I do some other things. But that image of that God is infinite beyond anything I can comprehend. And I am finite. I am limited. And so I am trusting in God. We are in the world to play the role that he assigns us. Just to the extent that we do, we, we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? Serenity is faithful living. You see, living faithfully is about trusting God, humbly relying on God. Not living without the realities of our life, but rather choosing, who am I going to depend on? My finite self that cannot see beyond the current circumstances or on the infinite God. Living faithfully means living into 
understanding the role that fear plays in our lives and choosing to live faithfully. Now, there's a line in the text that I read that says we're to fear God. And of course, for some of us, that takes us back to that Old Testament. You see, there's that Old Testament God. We're to fear Him. Yet, honestly, what comes after in the next couple of verses are promises about that God, that God who has authority in our life, which, once again, when we hear the word authority, we may hesitate and say, nobody has authority over me. Yet something or somebody has authority over us. Whether we consciously choose it or not, we are choosing a God, our God, the God who redeems to be our God and to depend on him. In those verses, we see three promises. The first one is God remembers us. Have you ever felt forgotten by God? Do you feel forgotten about God right now? Do you wonder where he is? Sometimes the, the silence of God is deafening and we feel forgotten. Yet Jesus gives us the example of the sparrows, which during that time would have been one of the things of least value. And God cares about the sparrows. He cares about you and me. He remembers us in those times when we feel most forgotten. When the answers don't come or they don't come the way we want them, when it doesn't make sense, God remembers us. He loves us. He is with us. Not only does God remember us, but God knows us. The example that Jesus uses is that God knows the very number of hairs on our head. I don't know about y'all. Well, okay. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know the number of hairs on my head. I just don't. And I'm not about time to take time to count them. But God knows. He knows the most intimate details about our lives. And that's good news, not bad news. That isn't a threat. That means those things that we choose not to share, those fears that we have, that God knows that. And he loves us. Because the other thing that we know in this, these verses is that God's value of us is amazing. We have great worth for God in God's eyes. He loves us. I always think of the example of a mom. I know how much I love our son as a parent. When he does it right and when he doesn't do it right and when I do it right and when I don't do it right, that this enormous love that I have and that God's love for you and me is beyond that, infinite. That is the God that we seek to live faithfully. A God who remembers us 
who knows us and who values us. Because the truth is putting faith in a God, putting our faith in God, we first maybe need to understand who that is because our stories may include examples of folks who are supposed to love us, who are supposed to remember us, who are supposed to know us, and they came up short. And we, at times, go to God in our relationship with God with that baggage from how our personal relationships have gone. Yet our God is much greater and our God is much bigger than we can even begin to wrap our heads around. And when Jesus told the disciples that they were not to fear death, He wasn't talking about dying. He was talking about living faithfully. I reflected on the past 24 hours, and I would like you to do the same. I would like you to think about how you have seen yourself or others live faithfully. Live through fear into faith, Live with a dependence on God, a God who remembers and knows and values. I got to sit at breakfast yesterday morning with a group of women who I have known for years, and we seek out to live faithfully together. Our time around the table at Cracker Barrel is sacred. As I read... Jeannie's Akilde's obituary yesterday. Oh my gosh. Living faithfully was all over that obituary. And what I know is in between the lines of the words that described who she was, who she is, and who she will always be, that it was lived out faithfully. This morning... As I started reading in Romans in the first chapter, the word faith appears multiple times. In another devotional I read this morning, faithful was noted. My husband was sitting at the table reading his devotional. It's not that we're better than anyone else. It's just these examples of living faithfully. And this is not about doing It's not about a checklist. It's about a way of being. It's about living, not simply doing. So the question for us is how are we living faithfully? How is it that we are are living beyond fear, that we are living into a dependence on God no matter what? Trusting infinite God rather than finite self. Where is it in living faithfully that we need to be reminded that God knows us, that he remembers us, and he values us beyond anything? Spend time over the next couple of days in reading, in living. Where do you see faithfulness? Where do we see it in our own lives? And how can we be about living crazy stuff, not about dying, 
but about living faithfully. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.